Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work podcast. Hope you're doing well. Big show today, proving and convincing. How much are you proving and convincing your value, your worth, your identity, your persona? How much work do you spend proving your rightness, your enoughness, proving, convincing you're worthy of love, you're worthy of being liked, you're worthy of being in this group, you're worthy of any desire that you, I mean, how much energy is that? It, it is, at the end of the day, a crap ton of energy, period, end of story. And we all struggle with this. No one is immune to it. No one's born into this world without a little ego and a little fear structure um, that, frankly, can cause havoc. And the havoc, for the record, can be easily understood and made aware of if you give yourself a little look in the mirror and really understand how your relationships are going present day. So pick any relationship you have. Got it. Pick one. Got it. Tell me when you got it. Good. And really start to understand where the proving and convincing is in, in, on any given subject or on any given emotional uh, pivot or energy. What is the proving and convincing? Uh, I've been married to my wife 27, 28 years. And... You know, there's always, for me, this, this is my craziness, you know, there's always this want and need to prove and convince that I know what I'm talking about, that I'm not perceived dumb or foolish. And again, that's, this is my fear structure, this is my ego, this is my, uh, my mechanism to make sure that I'm valued and worthy. And in that proving and convincing, all kinds of shenanigans, <laughs> all, as you can imagine, all kinds of, uh, you know, stupid little mechanisms and habits and routines have been created um, to guard me in safety in the relationship. And over the course of time, we've discovered those things as we've talked and and made mistakes with one another, and particularly me. <laughs> Listen, for those of you who know Diane, you know what I'm talking about. She's kind of perfect, so we'll leave it at that. But anyways, we want to speak to that proving and convincing today. When you stop proving, and I'm going to give you three things at the end of the deal here, just like any good person does with their three things, because you got if you don't have three things, God forbid, God forbid you don't have three things when you walk away from a podcast, right? God forbid you don't learn some shit or else, you know, you've wasted your time. <laughs> when you stop proving and convincing you are worthy of love, the pain will stop. So when you decide that you don't have to prove or convince for your worthiness in love. I'm telling you the pain's going to stop. And when I mean the pain's going to stop, I'm not simply talking about hurts of the past or trauma of the past. I'm talking about that pain that makes you look in the mirror and say, I'm not enough. Or makes you look in the mirror and think, what the hell's wrong with me? But we got to get there. We got to get to that point where we know that proving and convincing is not a thing anymore. The longing to be loved is real. And it is very needed. You long for love. I long for love. It is real. It is a need that we have in our lives. There is a neediness, if you will, in all of us. That's not a bad thing. I know some people kick against that. That sentence is like, ooh, I, uh, it gets very vulnerable very quickly. But the need is to be loved is real. And it's okay to have that neediness. 
But I want to I want to set that up as a way of knocking down the proving and convincing. Because once we really start establishing what our needs are in love, the proving and convincing becomes less of a thing. And the idea of just simply receiving and giving love becomes du jour, right? Becomes the, the appetite for the day. Our solutions to tame the de- this desire for love are often misguided and move well beyond the bounds of being spiritually fit. Our solutions to tame the desire to be loved are often misguided. And they move well beyond the bounds of being spiritually fit. Spiritually fit is this condition that you have every day with you and divine and how you exercise that and how you practice that loving relationship between you and God. And being spiritual fit doesn't look like you ripped in spiritual muscles. It looks like uh, an experience between you and God. Uh, an, an, An act of experience, an intentional movement between you and God. Prayer and meditation and study and loving in community and in all kinds of different ways that we practice that. But the way we can tame it, you know, we try to tame our need to be loved. We try to tame, you know, all these things because we don't want to be vulnerable at the end of the day. And this is where the proving and convincing comes in because we mask the proving, we mask the, 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 this neediness for love with the proving and convincing. We exhaust ourselves seeking approval, validation, and belonging. And again, think about that relationship. You exhaust yourself seeking approval and validation and belonging. Think about your workplace. Think about the things that you like, the groups that you like, the community that you like, that one person that you like, that one person that you have a neediness for love from. Right? And sometimes we exhaust ourselves looking for the approval and the validation and all that belonging. And I'm telling you, we don't have to. I'm telling you, don't, we don't have to exhaust ourselves. We spin from person to person, group to group, or thing to thing. We overshoot our expectations, eager to meet the expectations of others. This leads to proving and convincing. We overshoot our expectations. Again, take it plain. Take it plain, Jane. Take it matter of fact. I want to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to be loved by my kids. I want to be loved by my wife. I want to be loved by my community. Now, now, sometimes the expectation is so great that you have to love me back. And that's not a thing. That's not a thing. So, you know, we have to understand that there are levels to this neediness that have to have some common sense to them, can't have a codependency to them, can't have an addiction to them, but have a real validating force of giving and receiving love. Not by way of you making me happy or me making you happy, but us in a loving relationship with one another. We can be happy with people, but those people aren't necessarily going to make us happy. So we drown ourselves in that cycle of seeking approval, validation, belonging, proving, convincing that we're worthy. We literally drown ourselves. And again, think about that person. Think about the exhaust, the exhausting nature sometimes that you get into it. Those people, that place or that thing or whatever it is. False self grows. False self grows. Again, false self, right? The idea that we're ignoring the guises of love. That we're feeding off ego and feeding off fear. 
We're feeding off this uh, willingness to prove and convince our value and our worth. False self. It grows in an effort to build our identity to be loved or stay safe from the madness of the world. Right? We, per- we, 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 we lead with a persona. Right? And this persona is going to make us cherished and make us loved. We're going to be the funny guy. We're going to be the smart guy. We're going to be the hot person. We're going to be the person with all the toys. We're going to be the person with the money. We're going to be the person that um, is an entertainer and is famous. We're going to be the great spiritualist. We're going to, you know, uh, self-sacrifice so much that you recognize me as saint. So we develop these personalities, we develop these personas, and, and it just, it ravishes us. And the cycle burns us out. It burns us out. It actually ends up leaving us alone, for the record. It actually us leaves us not being known by anyone around us. Or selectively known. Right? The idea of selectively known is like, I'm going to tell you one thing and you something else. I'm going to be one person to you and another person to you over there. That one group knows me as X and this group over here knows me as that. Reconciling with the person you are is of paramount importance at this point. Because that's going to that's going to parlay and sidestep the proving and convincing. It's going to help lead to true self. Reconciling the person you are right now. As simple as it sounds, we do this by recognizing divine in us. So this is where everybody wants to start splitting hairs for the record and going off into a million different tangents. The idea that there's power, love, God, divine in us is going to be the, the main propellant in this reconciliation. Because what we're going to do is we're going to start to mirror ourselves with that love that is already in us. Again, we got to get to that point where we understand what our need is. And our baseline, our beat, our heartbeat, if you will, heart and air quotes, right? Our essence is this idea of love. And we have to recognize that from within. In because that's going to get us into the mirror. And we really need to be into the mirror, accepting who we are. Not some person we're going to become, right? And there's a million different conferences for a million different weekends that say you're going to enter on Friday and you're going to leave on Sunday a different person, a new person. Become a new person in three days through my course. It's bullshit. You are already a person You already have a personality. You already have challenges. You already have great things and and wonderfulness about you. But you need to reconcile into who that is. You need to kind of have a homecoming for yourself. And that starts with recognizing the love in you. It starts with the deep listening to your wants, needs, and desires, and not your provings and your convincings and you're seeking a validation and want and desire to just simply be liked or approved of. You are not simply the reflection of who or what is around you. You're not. You're not just simply them or that or it. You are so much more. And this is why it's so great to recognize God in you, divine in you the created being that you are. Our soul screams for a relationship with the divine. 
At the end of the day, it does. In the end of the day, in the solace of your day, the aloneness of your day, when you're sitting by yourself, driving by yourself, walking by yourself, taking in some of the sorrows and joys of your life, ultimately you do reflect back into higher power, divine in you. It is in every single one of us that this happens. Even the most hardened person. Our minds fall into peace as we touch the desire God has to love us, as we desire to be loved. So as you start to mirror yourself, take stock of who you are, take an inventory, if you will, of the person that you are, and listen carefully and deeply to those wants, needs, and desires, particularly those of wanting to receive and give love, you end up taking the burden off of yourself in that craziness of convincing and proving your value, your worth, your identity, your persona. You know, you're not exhausted anymore. You find peace. You start to really enjoy who you are. Nothing to prove, nothing to lose. Leading a very undefended existence. Now again, this is lifelong work for the record. If it happens by five, call me and we'll write a book together. Because it's not going to happen by five. It's not going to happen by five. God's love for us is our strength. God's love for us, for you, is your strength. Our nothing to prove, our nothing to lose, our freedom, our moments of salvation from oppression of self, and the demands of cultural assumptions. His love for us is our strength. It's our nothing to prove, our nothing to lose. It's our freedom. Those moments of salvation. Those moments of salvation from the oppressiveness of yourself and the demands of all the cultural bullshit that flows back on top of us. You know, for those of you in the LGBTQ and what I, the rest of them community, th- that's probably the most hardened of assumptions that have locked people in place and have just absolutely screwed with people's true self. And you can understand that. The, the freedom from that oppression comes from God's love. The freedom from that opposition comes from God's love. That salvation to be able to be who you are and to scream it from the rooftops, regardless of the insanity that floats back to you, is the presence of God's undeniable love for you. So you're proving and you're convincing. I want you to be aware of. I want you to be conscious of it. I want you to have a real deep awareness and understanding of it through, through, this, through today. So when you leave this podcast, you can hear yourself proving and convincing and what, what, are, the, what are the cries really going on there. What is the ego doing? What is the fear doing? Why is there such a need to be validated? Why is there such a need to be belonged to there? I want you to let go into love today. And I want you to start with you. I want you to turn into the mirror today. And I really want you to start to answer the question, why do you love yourself? And if you can't answer these questions, then I want you to, I want you to go inward with prayer. And I want you to start to invite God in 
to what is good, what is loving, what is caring, what is tending for you, to you, with you, and start the deeper journey there. You don't need to prove and convince the world you're anything because you have always been enough. Always. Always. It's, this isn't motivation today. This is really you figuring out that we got to get lost in the mirror a little bit when it comes to some self-love instead of the loathing of proving and convincing your value, your worth. Because you don't, you don't have to. I, I truly want you to be nothing to prove, nothing to lose. I want you to be in love with yourself, in love with community, and in love with God. There is a peace there that is so great that it is unchallengeable. Unchallengeable. Period. End of story. And you'd be amazed that when we start to admit our neediness to give and receive love, you'd be amazed at how much you'll let go of. You will just let go. The ego will fall to the ground, and so will all your fear structures. You will be amazed. Three things to focus on for this attentiveness. Three things to focus on for this awareness. Three things to focus on the health of not proving and convincing. First off, I want you to ask yourself, what are your wants, needs, and desires? And I want you to do that healthy. I want you to do that with health. Because, you know, some of you out there are like, I want to snort crack forever. I want to drink alcohol. And You know, listen, your wants, needs, and desires need a healthy common sense to them. So that's all I'll say about that. We don't, have, we don't need to drill that down. What are your wants? What are your needs? What are your desires? And do that in with the optics of relationships. What are your wants, needs, and desires in relationships? Because I know we all want a month off or a bank account full of money. But what are your wants, needs, and desires in relationships? What are they? Number two, develop spiritual practices. Spiritual practices produce independence from the proving and convincing. Because again, you're going inward. You're going contemplative. You're going with the grain of how you were created by a loving force. And in that spiritual practice, you start to really center on who you are, who God is, who God is, who you are. The more you get to know you, the more you get to know God. The more you get to know God, the more you get to know you. A unitive consciousness then emerges. This produces an independence because you start to understand that you don't have to be hooked into other people's minds, ideologies, theologies, and bullshit of this tribe or that tribe. Because we're all ticking with the same clock. We're all flowing in the same river. We're all growing out of the same earth. We're all spinning in the same universe. Develop spiritual practices that produce independence. And the third one is service. Service to others. The idea of service for others gets very muted very, very quickly because most of us want recognition and service. <laughs> Look at what I did. Try some anonymous service. Try, try being in the shadows for your service, please. Wear a cloak of love when you serve, right? Fly under the radar of community activism. Let no one know what you're up to in service. Here you can get creative, and believe me, there is so much to do in service. Everything from being kind to your neighbor 
to the easy ones, which are, you know, the, the population of homeless in this country. There are needs on every corner of every city right now. To adopting children, to making sure the widows are okay, to making sure people are fed, to volunteering your time at a uh, nursing home when COVID is not a thing. (laughs) I just heard somebody say it right in my mind. What about COVID, man? I can't do shit because of COVID. Service to others. Service to others. Service to others. Good people, thank you so very much for being a, a part and along on my passion. I'm JR Man, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. Uh, if you need a spiritual director, I'm your guy. TabletopMinistries.online. TabletopMinistries.online. Or you can find Tabletop through JRMan.com. We provide spiritual direction. And it's a 501c3, completely legit and legal, blah, blah, blah. If your money is looking for a place to help others, we would really, really welcome your support and generosity. Um, So do that. My number and my email and all my digits and social media are on that website. Um, If you need a session, my sessions run an hour. Uh, You can find out all about that on my website. I'd be more than happy to come alongside you. For now, proving and convincing ain't your thing, my brothers and sisters. So do your best. Get your spiritual practice on. Love you. Until next week, we'll talk again.